0: Hey, man, we back, we back, man. Another episode of Saves and Such. Got my guy, Nate Roberts, Nathaniel Roberts.
1: Hey, hey, chill with the the government. Hey, uh. The fans is watching, bro. We cannot be out here just putting it out there. Oh, my fault, my fault.
0: My guy, my little bro, I little bro him from time to time. It's funny, you know what I mean? We on our way here, but I'm on my way here waiting for him at the studio. (laughs) And, and I get a call saying, "Bro, you sent me the wrong location." I had to go and get little bro. I had to get my car, go and get him. He was—he got the crime. I'm like, "Bro,
1: hey, do not jazz it. Don't jazz it like you didn't mess up." Yeah, man. So, like
0: I say, that's my little bro still taking care of little bro. You feel me? That me? Up. me I got body. you, buddy. Yes, sir, much love. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. appreciate you coming on, now. Appreciate you having me. Buddy. Yes, sir. My God, For my real. God. But, um, you know, every time we do these shows, we like to check on one another. I mean, let me know how you're doing as far as mental health check-in. One, being the least and being the best um, emotionally, spiritually, and, you know, I mean, I guess business-wise, how are you feeling?
1: Uh, I would say emotionally, right now, today, I'm probably at an eight or nine. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing pretty good with that. Um, Granted, given the week I've had, Today has been a great day, so yeah. I would say emotionally for sure I'm feeling good. Uh, spiritually, I think I'm always at a, a 9 or a 10 Yeah, just because I'm just constantly just tapped in with myself and just kind of checking in with myself on, on all levels with that, so mm-hmm. I would say a 10. And then business-wise, um, shoot, things is looking good. Look, things are looking on the up and up as of right now, so I'll probably yeah. say like a, a good 8. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about like you, it. buddy? I
0: appreciate you asking me. Yeah, that, bro. bro. Says a lot about you, Gotta man. Got to give or take, bro. Yeah. Uh I'm about an eight across the board on everything. Okay. Eight across the board on everything. Triple man. eight.
1: Huh? Triple eight. Triple eight. Like okay. That? Okay. Yeah,
0: okay. I like that. I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> Triple eight, man. Um, emotionally, I'm good. Um, yeah, man, I'm good across that. Uh, spiritually, I'm I'm in a high place, high place, man. I always try to keep myself at least above a seven. Mm. Um, spiritually. I'm a business-wise, you know, with all this going on, trying to connect, trying to plan, right. trying to book everything. everything out, yep. yeah. you know what I mean? Still trying to figure this thing out, but man, I'm out of it across the board, man.
1: That's what's up, buddy.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. But let's jump into it. Let's get it. You know what I mean? Let's get it. <laughs> I'm
1: ready. Let's go. Yeah.
0: Where you from, bro? Tell the people where you from and a little bit about your uh, childhood.
1: I got you. So, originally, many people may not know uh but i'm from dc born and raised in washington dc yeah um and childhood was i would say like any other childhood i yeah. mean when you're a child you don't really know what's going on it's kind of the normal mm-hmm. so it's like you don't really know things is bad until you get older and like oh that wasn't actually like the proper way or like the better the best way that you know living conditions could be mm-hmm. but um Grown up in D.C., got family all in D.C., then about middle school age, I moved up. My mom decided, you know, take us out of D.C. because, you know, she wanted better for us. Right. And we moved up to Harford County for a little bit, and that's yeah. when kind of a whole different culture shock happened. Like, yeah. went from being a city boy to now being in the county and kind of yeah. like— being down a whole different pace, slower pace. Like, mm-hmm. I'm seeing cornfields and cows and stuff. Like, yeah. stuff I don't normally see, you know what I mean? So, just getting used to that and getting adjusted to just the people because everybody's different mm-hmm. and it's only an hour away, but yeah. it's still a big difference between the two. So, mm-hmm. getting adjusted to that. Um, but, I mean, everything is – my childhood was – I was. it was fun. Yeah. Uh, but I had to grow up early, like, mm-hmm. most times than not. Uh, being the oldest kid, mm-hmm. being raised by a single mother, so you kind of know the narrative within that, but everybody's narrative is a little different. I would like to say mine's is uniquely to mine fit's mine so mm-hmm. uh it's been it's been good it's been trials and tribulations, but I mean i'm still standing i'm still here today, so yes, everything that's happened to me up until this point has been for the greater of my good so yes sir it's yes, been sir. good i
0: like it I like that the trials and tribulations now Hartford County. <laughs> You know, that's what we at. That's where we from. You know what yeah. I'm saying? What, what was that like? You know what I mean? Let's yeah. Let's was dive that into like? that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What
1: was that like? Just uh, meeting everybody. Shoot, briefly, I've been seeing. I'm just saying, like, it's different for sure. Like,
0: yeah.
1: it's just different. Yeah, like, it's, it's different. It's a different change of pace. Like, it's a different speed. Like, mm-hmm. but the people is cool. Like, obviously, that's where I, I met you at. Right. Yeah. Um, I met two of my closest friends, like my brothers in mm-hmm. harford county like since middle school since sixth grade dwight in montreal so shout out to them shout out shout to them. my boys man yeah. love y'all to death y'all know how we stand you know what i'm saying yeah. all that yeah but so I mean, you was an Edgewood with it right yeah Edgwood. i was Edgewood mm-hmm. for a, a good minute mm-hmm. but uh i didn't really spend that much time in harford county because yeah. outside of middle school and then once high school came i was all around so i really was never really home home like that so mm-hmm. It was always a brief stumping ground, and I was well connected, and I played sports, so kind of right. people around knew who I was. Yeah, but it wasn't like I could call it like home, home, like you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So, and I was always rooted in DC. So, yeah. but it's always love for Harford County. Like oh, I'll yeah. never turn my back on it because I did make so many different connections and so many meet so many different people and you know, adventure into so many different things. So, yeah,
0: like, but
1: it's all love though.
0: All love, all love. Yeah. Now, going into the trials and tribulations, you know what I mean? I definitely want to say how much that I'm proud of you, you know what I mean? From where I've seen you start, you know what I mean, to where you are today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And what was, like, one of them moments where you knew, like, like God is with me for real? You know what I mean? Because God allows things to happen, but he also separates his children. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what was one of the moments?
1: <sighs> Shoot there's too many to think about right Mm -hmm. now but i would say one moment in particular um i would say when my dad passed when i was when i was 10 and being 10 years old and going through like losing a dad Mm -hmm. like i don't think anybody could ever describe that feeling especially as a boy growing up Mm -hmm. and already you don't really have that granted relationship with your pops because when I was born, my mom wasn't with my dad. My dad was in the military. Yeah. So I didn't really get no real, I didn't really have a start going a connection with him until I was about, earliest memory, I would say like five or six. Mm. And he passed when I was 10. So mm-hmm. that's, do the math. Yeah. Four years, really, of creating a real bond. Wow. And I would say once that once that happened and it was all at, it hit me all at once and I didn't know what to do because
0: mm-hmm. that was my
1: Superman. Right. Like... That really was my all to be all. Mm -hmm. And for that to happen, and it was tough. And I didn't, I don't ever feel like I grieved it to the point that I had to Mm -hmm. at that time because I didn't understand. It was just like, oh, I lost my dad. Like, of course, I'm going to feel sad. But knowing the true complexities of like the griefing period of really losing somebody that really meant that so much to you, Mm -hmm. it showed me a lot. Uh, Like I said earlier, it made me grow up a lot faster because. You know, I don't have that father figure that I can lean on to, to, you know, guide me in that right direction. Mm -hmm. And I only got to lean to my mom. And my mom has always been a strickler of, I'm not going to ever teach you how to be a man. I'm not a man, so I can't ever teach you how to be a man. I can only teach you how to be a great person Mm -hmm. and have great morals and have great principles and stand on something. Mm -hmm. But as far as being a man, as far as, you know, introducing me to manhood, she couldn't do it. And I never expected her to. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure that all out pretty much by myself. You know, with few people here and there that was in my life, but nothing that was consistently like day to day. Mm -hmm. I can call you up. Hey, I'm going through this or hey, I really just need a hug or hey, I just really need this. Didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So the point I would say when it really clicked that, you know, God really got my back and God is really there present at all times. is, you know, through the through the hardships of, you know, grieving and getting through that, um, a lot of things was changing in my life. Uh, for the good mm-hmm. uh, that 's when my mom decided to move. Uh, that was kind of one of the reasons she decided to move you know away from d c to kind of separate us and kind of just get us away and clear our clear our slate um, from everything and a lot of opportunities came out of that and uh, for me I, he never let me fail. Mm-hmm. God never let me fail uh, he 's instilled a a powerful mindset in myself. To you know, persevere through the hard times because growing up, especially in that teenage years, like you need a, you need somebody that's going to be there, especially yeah, yeah. a dad type of figure. So mm. it's like if I'm not if I'm not going to have a physical representation of a father, mm. then I'm going to make sure spiritually that I'm going to lead you into the right direction and I'm going to lead you into you know manhood, the proper mm. manhood. So and give me the tools of wisdom and discernment and things like that that you know the simple principles and values that a man should have, mm-hmm. you know, and still never meet at an early age. I mean, I just was one of the examples that showed me that, you know, yeah. it's, he ain't never leaving.
0: That boy might be a preacher. He, <laughs> trying, to play, he trying to play basketball. Hey, he might man. be a preacher, man.
1: Hey, man, I'm a man of few words, but when I do have something to say, like, yeah. I got something to say.
0: Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it, man. So going back to your childhood, I remember when you first came around, uh, what was your nickname? What they used to call six you? Six-nine. Six-nine. <laughs> Yo, that was before he was six-nine, too. That's I crazy was like
1: five-nine.
0: Yeah, he was six-three at the time. We were six. That was the crazy part. But uh, <laughs> but I remember used to play uh, football. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I know it was a lot that went into that, even when we got to St. Francis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Still playing football. So just tell yeah. the people about, you know I mean? your time you spent in football football. and how it translated to the basketball court
1: well first first things first if i was still playing football i'd definitely be in the nfl right now okay and you could definitely vouch for that you might not want to give me my credit right now but i'll
0: vouch for it i'll vouch for it you know what's up
1: you know what's up uh but my journey in football was was fun man like Mm. i think growing up i always wanted to play because i was a kid in the in the hood, that was just, I had the arm. Yeah. Like, I always had a big arm, like, mm-hmm. always. So, when we play throwback, tackle, throwback, tag, I'm always the one throwing mm-hmm. it back, like, or I'm all time QB, things like that. So, when it finally got, we moved and stuff, and I told my mom, like, hey, like, I really wanna play football, like, mm-hmm. just cause I always thought it was fun. And also, my dad played football. Oh, okay. So, it was also, that was another, you know, incentive, of like, yeah. I really wanna get out there. So, started out, uh, at the time, my mom's boyfriend knew a team, Aberdeen Bulldogs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Hey, we got this. We can sign them up. Start from there. Mm-hmm. Started there, and that right that first year was 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 interesting. But it was <laughs> fun though. Yeah, it was super fun. Like I was the biggest one, mm-hmm. and it was like I'm a natural athlete, so I I kind of just was naturally good or decent at least mm-hmm. so they kind of just threw me all over the field i was different positions i was yeah. wide receiver dn safety running A- back everything. backup quarterback like yeah. literally all the skill positions you could think of i was that mm-hmm. um but at the time as i started you know maturing in the game excuse me um uh, went to play with Harco horns the travel team yeah and yeah yeah We yeah. wasn't we was still if I, you know you know if you know you know yeah, it's one of them if you know you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that's when I really started to break out and really started to like realize like okay I'm actually like pretty solid in this like mm-hmm. and I'm starting to play in my natural position now they got me at quarterback mm-hmm. they got me at running back things like that so I'm able to you know excel so then I think after that kind of dwindled off uh I think my 8th grade year I was like all right, I want to play with my friends like all my age with friends cuz we was going to school together so we built a freaking like superstar team like Mm. we was we was that like Mm -hmm. if you know you know yeah if you know you know we was that so uh ended up being undefeated that year um you know going to states i think we lost the first round of states but i think two games i think the last game of the season in in that state game uh coach masai he pulled up to the game Mm mm-hmm and he uh, talked to my mom after the game or whatever, and he was just like, "Hey, like we really like your son. We want him to, you know, come to St. Francis and be a part of our team or whatever." So I'm like, "That like yeah, this yeah. private school, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a whole different level of, of football. Mm. Mind you, I'm still a basketball player at heart, but it's like these doors are starting to open up because mm. you know of my talent and stuff like that. So got to talk to Coach Masai and." Uh, it was all love. Like, he's a real, genuine dude. If you know Coach Masai, you know he's that he's that guy. Like
0: I just ran into him last night.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. really, like, yeah. he's really a real one. And yeah. he was uh, just encouraging me, like, yeah, just give us a shot. Like, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And there's the, one, the interesting part comes. So, my freshman year, mind you, we didn't have no JV at the time. At the time, yeah, we didn't have no JV when I first came. Yeah. So... It was all varsity. And mm-hmm. I'm literally, it's me and my boy Antonio. It was the only freshman, really, that was on the team. Mm-hmm. So, I'm at this time, I'm third-string quarterback. So, they bring in a quarterback, a senior quarterback, so he can get, you know, look, Breon, mm-hmm. bring in so he can get his looks. Then they bring in another quarterback that's a junior transfer, so he can kind of get his looks. So, I'm third-string. Like, I'm expected pretty much not to ever see the field. Yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. this. Yeah, yeah you yeah. remember the story. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah crazy how crazy how the universe works mm-hmm. so during fall camp Breon throws out his shoulder mm-hmm. so he's done for the season mm-hmm. so then I'm like alright I'm now number two Yeah. so now I'm getting the two reps and then I think the f- after, so the first game we played uh, Paramus right Play yeah. played Paramus big game they like top ten in the nation like mm-hmm. they got five stars all across the board defense the crowd, is stacked right? offense is stacked like if you remember during that time, they was a powerhouse. I think yeah. they probably still a powerhouse now. Yeah, they
0: still are.
1: So, I think the first couple games, the sec, the dude that's now the first spring quarterback, he was terrible. Like, mm-hmm. I think he threw, like, 11 picks in two games. Yeah, I remember
0: that. I remember that. I remember that. He definitely yeah. did. Then he transferred yeah. randomly.
1: So, this is how we're going to get to that. So, we're going to get to that juicy part. So, we're playing for right? And I think he's – it's, like, still first half. So, it's probably – I think he threw in, like two picks already. Mm-hmm. And Coach Masai comes up to me on the sideline. He's like, "Big dog, be ready." Mm-hmm. I was like, "All right." <laughs> like, and so I guess word of mouth spread, and everybody's coming up to me like, "All right, Nate, let's go." Like, "Da da da da," you gonna be in there? I'm like, "All right, mm-hmm. cool." So I get in there. He sub, make the sub. I get in there, and they're like, "Run the play," they "Tell me to play," or whatever. So passing play, first play. But I'm in there, it's a passing play. I'm yeah. thinking, at least I'm going to hand it off, you know, get my feet wet a little bit. Yeah. No, right in the fire. Yeah. So, call the passing play or whatever. I remember like it was nothing. Break the huddle. Go out to the sideline. Check the reads. Okay. You know, do what I do. you yeah, know, yeah, chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really was one of them. Yeah. I really don't lie. But yeah. hike the ball, play action, roll out, and I throw it. But I remember as I threw it, I got smacked. Mm-hmm. So, I'm laying on the ground. And I, all I hear is the, tr- the crowd is roaring. Mm-hmm. And I do one of these, like, just look your neck up. <laughs> and like, look. And I'm like, damn. I know I didn't just throw to pick my first possession. Like, yeah. in the game, I did like that, looked up. And the wide receiver was running, got the first down. I said, oh, yeah, we good. Yeah, We good money now. Yeah. So, I think that was kind of the the tale of the season for me. But later that week after, I think we ended up losing, but – no, had we definitely sol- lost. Yeah, we, we, had, we lost, but I had a solid game. I threw a touchdown They to caught it back, but, mm-hmm. you know, it count for me. Uh, and then I think on that Wednesday at school, everybody was like, have you seen Matt? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, and everybody's like, where Matt? Where Matt at? Where Matt at? And come to find out he transferred. So now yeah, yeah. it's just me.
0: Literally.
1: <laughs> it's literally just me. So I went from third string not getting no time at all. Like, mm-hmm. I got a senior and a junior to getting second string, still may not get any reps, really, mm-hmm. to now starting for the rest of the season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, that season we did, we did pretty solid. Uh, could we have done better? Yeah, yeah, but, you know, for my experience in that time, it was like I stepped up and showed out mm-hmm. and then towards the end of the season uh college coaches started coming in and coach Masai was like uh he knew I was a basketball player and I think I missed the last two games because basketball season was about to start <laughs> so I started going to basketball tryouts yeah, and basketball yeah. workouts stuff like that yeah and he was like um yeah you know Clemson and Merlin and uh Purdue and everybody's like asking about you like and everybody's kind of asking me like Are you gonna take us, Like, we want you to keep playing, like, we want you to take it serious. And I'm just like, that's never been in my interest at all. Like, I'm a bad, like, I'm a true hooper at heart. Like, Mm -hmm. basketball will forever be my first love. So I feel you, but I don't feel you. You feel me? Like, and then on top of that, my freshman year was my biggest growth spurt. Like, I think we got it. I came in, I was like six, three and a half, six, four. And then by the end of my freshman year, I was like six, seven, six, eight. So that was another reason why I just, Hung It up the cleats and yeah, retired.
0: Had it to. yeah, it was about that time, yeah. So, your uh basketball career, let me jump right into it. Let's, Let's do it. Senior year, John Carroll, it's a special team, man. Talk about the people that was on there, just how that, how that season went and how memorable it was.
1: So, I think you're talking about my sophomore year, sophomore year, sophomore year. So, my sophomore year, we had. Me, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, shout out to my boy IQ doing shout this thing at the yes, Knicks. Um, we had Kevin Kangu, shout out my boy Kev, Jabril, Junior, uh, Big Mike, we had Monty, we had Demonia, we had we had a squad. Like mm-hmm. we was really like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a fun year. Like it was a fun year. Like we was young, we had a young core, we all was pretty much sophomores. Everybody that pretty much was like starting and like playing like significant minutes was you know young we was all sophomores Mm -hmm. so we was all super relatable you know had a great time on and off the court we ended up winning uh bcl championship against mount st joe uh and i think who won the miaa that year i don't know but we did win the bcl then we went to alhambra and showed out i had a breakout tournament when we went there, got a whole mixtape and everything. Like yeah. we played against uh Damatha and uh Gonzaga, St. John's, like if you know, you know. Like, yeah. That's that's it's, it's comp at our Al- Alhambra. So mm-hmm. did my thing. Um and coming back, you know, we had a lot of older guys, so they all left. So now it was just me, Emmanuel, and then I think Jabril ended up leaving, Kev was graduated, Junior ended up leaving. So now it was just me, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it. So we had yeah. to rebuild a whole new team going into my junior year. So um, we already thinking, like, you know, we pretty much the studs of, the, of John Carroll, so we just bringing on more people. So then Emmanuel does his recruiting, and he gets Montez. Yes, and sure. so my boy Tez, he saw the Tez. out to Tez, man. Uh, we end up building a whole new killer squad, like, and it it only the only sad part about it is that i didn't get to finish out the year with him Mm -hmm. uh i ended up transferring to brewster academy in new hampshire and that time was you know an experience in itself something that i never thought i would ever be doing or at Mm -hmm. or just in general so uh yeah john Carroll was lit though it was fun it was definitely fun and it's I'm a little mad at them because as soon as I left, like, all the games started being super lit, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you remember that time, like, they were selling out the games. They was yeah. lit. They was on overtime and all that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would do that when I leave. Yeah, but yeah, I remember cool. that. It's cool. I remember
0: that, man. So talk to the people, though, especially youngers, Youngest, about the recruiting process and everything that goes into it and, and just how you narrow your decisions down.
1: Shoot, the recruiting process, I would say, is like, it's a uh, – it's a love and hate game. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like everybody telling you that you're the best thing since life's bread. Mm -hmm. But then you also got to have that uh, realization that, you know, it's all for their game. And I think a lot of kids going through it, if you don't have nobody that has skin in the game, you really don't know. Mm -hmm. And for me, I pretty much had to do it all figure it out on my own I had a few people that kind of you know guided me through it a little bit but at the end of the day it was still my process and it was still you know things that I had to personally deal with so I had to Mm -hmm. sort things out with my mom and like my mom's getting phones getting blown up my phone's getting blown up all wee hours of the night people texting me people calling me people sending me mail people doing all this so it feels like you the man and it's all good and well like yeah like this school's hitting me up this school's hitting me up But I would say my biggest advice is, like, don't let it get to your head. And I know that's cliche to sound, but it's easily, it's easily, like, perpetrated to get, you know, um, to your head. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's so much, it's so over much, like, overstimulation to it that if you're not mentally strong and have that mental intelligence and that just maturity about yourself, then you can get caught up in it and stop. Lose your work ethic Mm -hmm. or lose that desire to really want to get better because at the end of the day, that's only going to last for a month because I've had college coaches that started off in my recruitment process and then by the time it was time to cut things down, they were chucked up the deuces. So, like, it's a wishy-washy game and you really got to, you know, vet who's really down for you and who's not and who's Mm -hmm. just there because you may look good or you may do good for them. Mm -hmm. And so I would say the biggest advice is just, you know, know yourself and know what you want out of it. Um, because at the end of the day, it's your experience and nobody else is going to be able to live your experience the way you live it. Mm. And, you know, not your parents, not your friends, not anybody, just because the school may look sexy and, it, you know, they rolling out the red carpet for you, it may not be that best choice for you to go there. Mm. And I think a lot of young kids just need some type of, you know, encouragement to just be like, yes, this is good, but we still got to get better. And also on top of that, grades is super important. There you go. The grades is super, I'm, To all the youngsters out there, listen Uh to me. Look at the camera. Look. Listen (laughs) to me. Okay? Do your homework. Mm -hmm. Do your classwork. Be on time. Be respectful. Be a gentleman. Like, all these things matter big time. They Mm -hmm. matter big time. These things go further past putting the ball in the hoop. And it's imperative that you just focus on your schoolwork because you can't accept none of these scholarships until you clear the clearinghouse.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And – The crazy story about me is, quiet is kept. My freshman year, at one point, I had a 1.7 GPA.
0: Mm.
1: 1.7 GPA, bro. And I was, picked it up. I kind of blamed it on the school, kind of blamed it on just me being immature, trying to figure things out. Uh, And if you know, you know Mm. about my freshman year, then you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sophomore year, still kind of lagging on, but one of my mentors at the time sat down with me. He was like, Nate. You are getting recruited by some big, high-level schools, like, and all this is nice and dandy, but you're not gonna be able to accept these scholarships if you don't pass the clearinghouse. Mm-hmm. None of these twenty-plus, twenty-five-plus offers matter if you don't mm-hmm. if you can't get past the clearinghouse. Yeah. And so I had to like really lock in, and mm-hmm. I said, you know what? All the work that I put in I'm not about to just go to waste because I want to be a knucklehead at school mm-hmm. and not applaud myself because it's not like I was incapable of doing the work or you know being a student it was just me being immature and me mm. being like stuck in my own way and once i realized the bigger picture i turned it around i graduated from with honors yeah. so it's like grades is super important. person the person that you are is super important important like these college coaches they don't really care that you can score 20 they yeah. want to know can you can we implement you in a system and can you be coachable? Can mm-hmm. you be around a group of a support system and, you know, take help and seek seek help? You know, because once you get to college, everybody is going to want to help you. Mm-hmm. It's, are you willing to, you know, accept the help mm-hmm. and, you know, do one better for yourself? Yeah. So that's just my little, you know, two cents for it. But enjoy it. That's the biggest thing. Really enjoy it. Enjoy the recruitment process. It's going to be fun. And you really only get one. Because that might be your last time somebody ever blow your phone up, I said, besides a girl. <laughs> besides. <laughs> I knew
0: he was going to say something like that.
1: <laughs> hey, man. It's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. So, no, nah, I enjoy it, man. It's, it's a fun ride. It's a fun ride for sure.
0: Yes, sir. My boys definitely dropping them gems off, man. Um, we are going to be right back though, after this short break. Back. We back. Got my man. They call him Uno. Ooh, I no. call him Nathaniel. <laughs> call, you got to chill, I bro. I call him Nathaniel. Uh, nah, but man, Washington.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Went all the way out there, man. Shout out to the dub, man. Yeah.
0: Tell me about that experience, what that was like, and why the decision?
1: Um, I'll start off with why. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, you know, I've known Coach Mike Hopkins since uh, my sophomore year, going into my my sophomore summer Mm-hmm. Um, of high school when he was at Syracuse. Right. Uh, and so he's been recruiting me hard ever since. Um and the type of person that I am, you know, I'm a, a loyalty guy. So if somebody's willing to stick with me from the beginning, uh and, you know, pretty much give me a chance once he moved on. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing how I got my offer from Washington was I think it was probably my junior year summer. Uh and since we were so close, like the news broke out, you know, he was going to Washington to become a head coach. Mm-hmm. So, I, I was just reaching out, you know, being a good, nice dude, just saying, you know, congrats, coach, you know, everything like that. He called me right away, and he was like, hey, Nate, you know, just want to say thank you, da 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 like, everything, tell me how the transition has been. And then, by the end of the call, he was like, I want to offer you a scholarship to Washington. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. yeah, <laughs> like, Cool. Like, yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all. I was mm-hmm. just, you know, congratulating you on the position. But... Uh, his main, his main thing was, you know, give us a chance. Just give us a chance. Just give us a chance. And I gave him a chance. I went, I was my, there was my first visit, uh, of the five. And when I went out there, it, it was love. Like it was different. And I always told myself I didn't want to go to school close to home. Mm. Just cause I wanted, to, I seen so much of the East Coast from literally Maine to Florida. So I was like, ain't nothing more else out here for me to see. And I, yeah. I want to venture off and like spread my wings a little bit. And I've already been out the house since 16. So it's like, yeah. you know, I'm used to being by myself. Mm-hmm. So getting a taste of the West Coast and the vibe was just different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I love the coaching staff. I love the players that I was going to be playing with. Uh, the culture of the whole program was just lovely. And everybody treated me, you know, with love and, you know, really wanted me and desired me to like, we want you to come to Washington. So I'm like, yeah. so after my visit, I told my mom this. I was like, I'm coming here. Yeah. But I kept it on a hush hush. I still took my other two visits Mm. just because, you know, to get-out-of-the-school-free card. And they just get to show you around and do, Mm. like, everything, praise you pretty much. So I was just like, I'm going here. Mm. Um, And then once I got there, um, it didn't go as planned, like, as far as my freshman year because, obviously, coming in as a freshman, you're going to think you have certain expectations for yourself, certain intentions you want to, you know, set, and uh, goals you want to reach. But – It all kind of came to a halt when I redshirted, Um, and that was a a journey in itself. Um, And ever since then, it's been, you know, a grind and a process, but within that grind and process, and once I kind of got out of that funk of kind of just putting all my dreams like back on back order and, you know, gained a new perspective and gained a new discernment about, you know, my situation, you know, I enjoyed every moment of that year. Um, and then, for years to come after that, i' just grown more and matured more into the program and Before you know it, the last two years, I started every game yeah um, i played i 've had some really 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 good games i've had you know the fan my fan base out there is ridiculous like mm-hmm. i don 't think anybody to my knowledge has ever got an m v p chant during the game mm mm-hmm. To my knowledge. And we've had some dogs. Like, yeah. no pun intended, but we've had some dogs. Mm. And if you know Washington, you know you know the plethora of, of legendary players that we have right. come through there. And for me to be, you know, one of the ones that get the MVP chant on my first game of my senior year, like, mm. just shows you the love that they show and the love that they really care about their Washington basketball. Yeah. So, the man, the experience was, you know, beyond imaginable. But outside of basketball, you know, going to a, a powerful uh, powerhouse school just mm-hmm. like globally, not even just domestically. Like we're top five in the world of, you know, public universities. Mm-hmm. So to be able to, you know, walk around and stunt with a degree like that, you know, not that it means anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I did it. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just the people was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vibe was just different. Everybody's, you know, friendly. Everybody, you know, cares. It's like. The West Coast is completely different than East Coast. Mm-hmm. Like it was a culture shock to me when I got there cuz I'm like why is everybody so nice? Like why do you want to have a 5 minute conversation with me and I'm trying to get some Doritos from the gas station? Like mm-hmm. let me just move on and like live my life but Yeah. Once I got past that factor uh and just started really embracing the, the culture, it was it was nothing but love but you know, I always got love for Washington. I probably going to end up getting a Washington tattoo someday somehow. That's tough. Got to but Got to Shout out to shout out to Washington. Shout out to you, Dub. Shout out to all my boys out there. You know, yeah. shout out to everybody. That's, That's tough, love. man.
0: That's tough, man. So I ask everybody that come on there, come on this show, about the legacy they want to leave behind. What's the legacy you want to leave behind?
1: Man, I'm big on that. Like, mm-hmm. I got it tattooed across my back. Add to the legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the legacy that I really want to leave behind is, you know, not only a man that stood on great principles and st- stood on great values, but a man that left something behind. Mm. Uh, and not just for myself, but for the lives, the many lives that I've impacted, the many lives that I've encountered. And just within the span of the short time of my life, I've impacted so many different people, people that I don't even, you know, may not have physically touched, but so impacted so many people. And it's only, I'm only here. I'm only in my early 20s so mm-hmm. it's like this is the type this is the type of trajectory that i want to leave you know towards the rest of my life so you know when i'm gone you know people will be able to you know remember me as you know somebody that really left something and really meant to change the world like that's really my goal mm-hmm. it's just like i want to change the world as best way i can and with as much impact as i can that's why i go so hard that's why I, I do the things that I do because I know that somebody out there, some little kid Mm -hmm. is watching me from a distance. And they're like, I want to be like Nate. You know how many times I've heard that, bro? And that's like, it almost made me tear up. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, that's all you ever ask for. That's all you ever want is for somebody, you know, to look at you and be so, have this great admiration for you and that you're doing so good and that you you know, showing them a way uh, that they say they want to be like you. And of Mm -hmm. course, you know, Pridefully, it's like, yeah, but I don't want you to be like, I want you to be better Better, right. I want you to, you know, see what I do, do that, and do it 10 times more. So then the the cycle of the world starts to change. The trajectory of the world starts to change. Because if we have more people that's caring and more people that's kind-hearted and more people that's willing to, you know, each one teach one. Yeah. Then a lot of the things that would be going on right now, we wouldn't have that much of an issue. Mm. But it's just that constant reminder that we got to keep pushing. And that's what I'm trying to push.
0: I love it, man. I love yeah. it, man. I definitely love it. Let me ask you a question.
1: Okay, let's get it.
0: I'm asking everybody that's say, like, come on from now on. All right. Give me somebody you want to see on the show.
1: Somebody I want to see on the show? Anybody? Anybody. Anybody. Ooh. Who well, I want to see on the show?
0: Yeah. Anybody.
1: I'm going to give you two people. Okay. I'm going to give you two people. I'm going to give you one famous big person because I know, I believe in this podcast, so I believe that this is going to reach higher heights. So I'm okay. going to say Denzel. Okay. My boy Denzel Washington. That's
0: on my wish list.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to give you with that because y'all going to reach that. Y'all okay. going to Speak that into existence. For sure. And then I would say on a, on a lower scale, but not, you know, to, to diminish anybody. right, right. right. Um, probably get your dad. My dad. Yeah, <laughs> get your pops on here. Bro. Yeah, get your pops on here. Yeah, let's let's hear pops talk talk his talk. You know, uh-huh. that would probably be that'd be cool though. Okay, that'd be cool.
0: Might be something we we'll do in the future, man. He's probably gonna be smiling ear to ear when he sees that. <laughs> but hey, but let me
1: ask you a question though. Okay, I never had this. Go if, ahead. We, if we got time, you know what I mean. I don't want to go over that past time. <laughs> What's yeah. your favorite? Me and you memory, favorite me and you memory. Yeah,
0: I think I think would definitely be the uh, just some train rides every morning at Saint Francis, (laughs) just getting on them train rides, and then after practice, the train rides back. We seen a lot on them trains, so a lot, bro. Experienced a lot (laughs) running running from people trying to get us money, try to get the money to get on the train, all that, bro. bro. So. No, I mean, we definitely had some fun times, man. Trying definitely. to make
1: the train on time because practice ran a little later yeah. than expected. Then.
0: Coach, we got to go. We got to train the catch. So, all right. that going on. So, yeah, man, it's my guy, though, man. Definitely my guy.
1: Much love.
0: Much love. Much all love. love. You know love. what I mean? I appreciate him coming on. It took a little while. <laughs> <It> ain't
1: take <laughs> I'm, that I'm a, long. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't take that long.
0: I'm going to say it's because of me. Um, but... <laughs> But definitely, man, I appreciate this guy. I'm proud of this guy. I love this guy. Proud of you too, buddy. Want to see this guy be great, man. Not good, but great. Um, uh, but man, appreciate just definitely another episode of Say it and Such. Follow yes, us sir. on all platforms at S A V E D N S U C H. Man, continue to like, continue to subscribe, continue to help promote, man. I'm grateful yes, for sir. the followers that we have. And I'm grateful
1: run it up and while you yeah. following them yeah. go ahead and follow me go ahead, you know, give, yeah, on give, Instagram yeah. Nate Roberts underscore underscore uh, follow me on Twitter Nate Roberts four S's uh, TikTok the one and only the one the one on, the one and only Uno I'll put the link in the description he'll put the link in the description you know all that fun stuff but yeah man go show love Yeah, run it up like it up you know, comment, you know, show them love, man. They're going to do big things. I got strong faith in them. They're going to do big things. I love what they're doing over here. So shout out to my boy, Reek. Yes, sir. And his peoples. Yes,
0: sir. Yes, sir. appreciate y'all, man. Love y'all.